Hey guys, welcome to the Katie May Show. I am Katie May. I hope you are ready to keep it real and talk all things marriage because that is what I do. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey in the pursuit of having an awesome marriage and accepting nothing less for this one and only life we get to have here together. Let's do this. Hello, Marriage Empowered. And for those of you watching it on the podcast, The Katie May Show, I am here with a very special guest today. And uh, we were just talking about how awesome it was on how our paths crossed. Uh, We're gonna talk about that a little bit. Um, Now, Ruth is an amazing woman because I actually stumbled across her content just random on Instagram. And I love her reels. You guys have got to follow her because her reels are just epic. They're so real. They're so raw. They are so what everyone needs to be hearing. And her primary purpose right now is spreading her journey um, and what it's like to be married to an unbeliever an unequally yoked marriage for those of you who are in the church. And basically why I titled it the way I titled it is because this is going to apply uh, and be valuable for any of you who are in a relationship who you guys have different belief systems, whatever that may look like for you. Um, and for Ruth and I, and I, I, I too, my husband and I are also unequally yoked. So if you guys don't believe the same in politics, if you don't believe the same in raising kids, like you name it, don't check out here because you're not church, whatever, right? Like this is going to, this is going to benefit you. So I'm going to shut up now because I want Ruth to tell everyone her amazing journey and story. So tell, tell the folks a little bit about what you do and how you came to do it. Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your platform. I think this is such an amazing platform that you have um, just empowering all of us who are married to stay married. (laughs) So thank you for that. But to all those who are watching, hello, my name is Ruth Joseph of I am Ruth Joseph on all my social media platforms. I empower and encourage married Christian wives to not only honor God, but to navigate through their own equally yoked marriage. Now, as far as me, I am a clinical research associate during the day (laughs) and I am doing ministry. Uh, I've been called by God earlier this year, actually, to shift my focus. Um, I loved, always loved social media and what it Um, actually stands for. I love connecting with people, but I think what I was doing on social media was not what God wanted me to do on social media. And that was nothing wrong with what I was doing. I love fashion. I love talking about my kids. I love talking about just different things, but he wanted me to specifically talk about me and my marriage and my journey. Now we often know some of us, right? When we talk about a testimony, we usually state or share our testimony when it is done, when it has overcame. And we are never in a space where we want to share the testimony as it's being done. As through, through your journey, no one shares that because we don't believe that God has the power to actually fulfill what he said he would fulfill. And so God wanted to show everyone on my behalf. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Um, But using me to show his glory. And I'm just honored by that. But just to give you some context, some backstory of where this is come about. um, I remember this was actually, first of all, I've always been in a church grow. I grew up in a church. My father's a pastor. My mom was in charge of everything you can think of in the church. Okay. And so I was a pastor's kid, you know, pastor's kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, so, yeah, so I did everything. I I was in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I was in church every day of my life. Okay. In fact, the only uh, three things I'd like to call it in my culture, we say leglis, lakai, and likot, which means in translation, you got the school, you got church, and you got the house. Those are the only three things that you can do. This is your life. Okay. And so at 21, I said, this is no longer my life. In fact, I hate church. (laughs) And so I ran away from God as far as I could. At least that's what I thought. I I have to stop you real quick because Uh I think that's such an important part. Before we got live, we were talking 
And you had said something really important as far as why you ran away, because I was telling you, like, there is no TMI in my world. Like we, I want to keep it real. I want to keep it raw. And you said what? <laughs> I said the church ran me away. I felt like I, I, I was not, I didn't fit in. I didn't fit in because I was, I was loud. I had opinions. I, I wasn't like the other kids. You know, like, you know, where they wore the long skirts and they holier than thou. And my, my parents would praise them and not me because it's like, oh, don't you see there? They're into church and you're not. So I, I didn't want to be that. That's not who I was. I don't feel like that was who God created me to be. And the fact that I, there were people in church, of course, older than you who were, you know, you know, kind of like shaming you, you know, kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, this is crazy. I don't want to be here. Um, at 24, I got pregnant. Okay. Of course, out of wedlock. And oh my gosh, that in itself, I used to love singing in church. I would uh, be on all the, the you know, the um, worship team and things like that. And when I got pregnant, I remember the pastor saying to me, pulled me out and said, I'm so sorry, but you can no longer be on the worship team because you're pregnant. Now, I don't know what that, what, how others would have viewed that and how others would have taken that, but I, that thing stabbed me. Like, I felt like he destroyed me yeah. because here I am. Okay. Yeah. I made a mistake. I wasn't supposed to do it like that, but I did it. And so instead of embracing me, I'm not telling you to embrace my sin, but embrace the human in me because it's not, it's not, God don't hate the sin. I mean, God doesn't hate you. He hates the sin. And so if we are a reflection of who God is, I just feel like that was not, that didn't happen. Okay. That's not what was taught. And so I ran away. I did not want to be nowhere near it. Um, So yeah, so I ran away. And then I got pregnant, had a baby. And after a year, the father of the child, my child walked away. No notice, no nothing, just walked away. And so it left me in this abandonment feel, rejection. Um, And then it triggered me because I got rejected in the church too. So it just kept going, uh, just a spiral down, okay? And I remember kept moving from place to place, kept getting into different relationships, just seeking for this love, this affection. And it wasn't that I wasn't getting it from my parents because my parents are still together till this day and they love each other. So I was getting that love from them, but it wasn't apparently enough for me in the relational type of, you know, department. And so I just hell I went to hell okay that, that's where I went I, I visited hell um and you know what God said um enough is enough and this was probably five years later into me in in hell um and God said you know what I'm going to relocate you to a place that you've never ever been before I've never been to Georgia who goes to Georgia that's what I'm <laughs> I was in Florida. Okay. I was in Florida. I was in Miami living my life. I had this one, my one daughter. And I was just like, I like here. And God said, you're done here. You're moving. I don't know how it happened, but I ended up in Georgia with my, at that point, seven year old child. So, but like you just picked up and moved. I had a friend who just kept egging me, like just kept saying, you should move. You should move. You should move. There was a reason why I just didn't understand the reason why at the time, but I just had, she just kept, I think you'll be good here. You have a daughter, you know, Miami's just too much and you need the family, like a family spot and blah, blah, blah. I just kept talking in my ear for at least three years. And then finally, I just decided to just, I don't know, out of the blue, I uh, broke my lease. I, I, I just left, picked up and left. And I was staying at her house and I remember maybe about two months, three months in tops. She, she came downstairs to me and she says, I'm about to lose my house and you have a week to to leave. And I'm like, a week to leave where, where am I going? I I don't have anywhere to go, but let me tell you, this was the start of God literally turning my life around without me knowing who God was really. And stick with me here. I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, and I'm, so, I'm sticking. I'm okay. Sticking. I don't know about so, everyone else, but I got chills. I'm like, 
if I had popcorn, like, oh my gosh, this is the magnitude. And I get so excited and I get so happy. I like, I literally have chills every time I share my story because he is just that faithful. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, he is there and he is working. Like it's, it's amazing. But anyway, so she gave me a week to leave and I know nothing about Georgia and I Googled this place. I don't know. I just looked it up and it fit my budget. And I just said, okay, well, I'm going to go there. I probably had three, maybe $5,000 to my name that I took out of my IRA. That was all I had. Didn't have nothing. Um, and then I paid first, last, all of that depleted it to the point where I didn't have enough to pay for electricity to turn it on. Because I also didn't know that water, gas, uh, uh, light is, they're all different. Anyways, ladies, like I completely was devastated. I moved, thank God, but I had no water. Here's my child. And I'm just like, God, what do you say? You're God, but <laughs> I don't see you. <laughs> What's happening here? Long story short, one day I'm in my room and I'm on my floor and I'm crying, bawling tearing like why me why me as if this wasn't enough now you've isolated me into a place I know nobody my parents aren't here my sister is not here my support is not here I have a child I, I don't have a job blah 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 I'm just going off but crying and I remember my daughter in the next room comes to me and she looks pretty much down at me because I'm on the floor and she says mommy what's wrong I said nothing go to your room Mommy, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. You're my roommate. I will never leave you. Woo, child, that's for another day because this in itself, it wasn't the child that was talking to me. I want y'all to see this. I want y'all to get this. It wasn't the child that was talking to me. And again, still, I did not know who God was. To me, I thought God was this church. Yeah. I thought God was the church. That's what I thought. I didn't know that you actually had to develop a relationship with him, that he's a person. He is a person that is that has a relation with you. I didn't know that. Yeah. But she said, I will not forget, you know, like I will not leave you. That's deep. So I got up, wiped my tears. I said, okay, 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 it's okay. Go to your room, go to your room. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. A year later from that, I had told myself, I'm not getting into any relationship, blah, blah, blah. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Well, a relationship came knocking on my door. Okay. <laughs> it's always how that happens. Always. <laughs> but this man was, which is not my husband, was so persistent, nonstop. It was something I've never, ever seen before. I am so used to the being the giver. I am used to the being the chaser. I am used to um, showing in order for them to love me. Like I, I have to show you that I love you in order for it to be reciprocated. I've never been in a position where the person just loves you, like wants to be with you is so obsessed. And I'm not saying in a bad way or in an unhealthy way, but just sees you beyond you, if that makes any sense. And so I couldn't handle it. I didn't know how to I didn't know how to deal with that. So I rejected him. I was like, heck, heck no, I don't know. You're fat. You're, you're short. You're, 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 I gave him everything, the, the whole business, honey. I was just like, oh. and he's still stuck just there, just there, just there, just there. He didn't care. He wanted to see my family. He wanted to see my daughter. He wanted to, he wanted to take me out. Like it was just nonstop. And you still know what I said? I asked my sister one day and I said, Hey, what do you think about this guy? Well, if you like it, I love it. You know what that means, don't you? She means, no, it's not your type, but I guess so. <laughs> I guess, you know, and I said to myself, I said, huh, so what if I did the opposite? What if I pursued it? What's the worst that can happen? He leaves me? Okay. But at least it was something that was different. Again, I wasn't in the mind space of him being unequally yoked or him not being a Christian because I myself didn't know where I, what I was yeah. in this case, you know? And so fast forward, we start dating. 
he 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 wants to get married. It was like eight. First of all, two weeks in, he was like, "You're my wife." I was so, so confused. So confused. <laughs> you don't know my last name, but okay, cool, no problem, sir. <laughs> you know, but he was just he was just very very. It was almost like he knew I was his wife, and so he was already you doing. Know, you know, there's studies that back this up right? Like that, like seriously, that they will say that when men fall in love and this is, this is how every, if there's any single people listening, this is how, you know, because if men fall in love, they fall harder than women. And they will usually know, like, I think I want to, I don't want to quote a percentage. I think it's like 70, 80% ridiculously high of the sample they took. It was like a Stanford study. And they said that like men will know within the first two weeks of being with a woman that they want to spend the rest of their life with you. So, and yeah, you know, none, of this, none of this, I'm not, I'm not really ready. I don't know. Like if you got a guy like that, no. So eight months into it, he's like, I want you to move in with me. And I'm just like, I'm not playing house with you. We're not doing that. But see, that was just my mouth still talking because I still moved in with him. <laughs> But three weeks later, he proposed like he just knew what he wanted. And he just always have been straight up front. He's like, I want you. I don't care what you come with. I don't care. I don't care what you had going on. I don't care about that. I care about what we can do going forward, what I can provide, what I can do, what we can do together. And I've just never seen anybody or heard somebody speak into my future in the way that he did and, and, and the way that he just. Oh, it's just unexplainable. But you know what? I feel like that's how God is. You you can't really describe who God is in a way that makes someone else feel. You have to feel it for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for the first time, I felt like this was love, but I didn't know how to receive Mm. his love. Right. I did a post the other day and well, not the other day, a couple of weeks ago. And honey, listen, people are going ham. They hate me in them comments. Oh, they love me, they hate one. me. Yes. All, all those, types are, of stuff. those are the ones that have to be out there. Yes. All types of stuff. But I'm like, God, you did it, not me. So you handle that. I'm just going to go ahead and be mute. Of course, the, the bully in me sometimes, I just be like, I want to respond. Holy <laughs> Spirit said, no, 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 no. You're not doing that. Okay. But so anyway, so long story short, we get married. One of the things that he had said, even from the beginning of our uh, relationship, he said, hey, I know you go to church, but don't put me in there. And he was up front. He said, you can you can do your own church thing. If we have kids, you they can follow you. I'm fine with that. But don't force me into your religion. And I honored it. I think I honored it mostly because first of all, when you're lukewarm and you don't understand who God is, you don't follow him, you don't, you don't practice you know, uh, uh, um, this yeah. lifestyle. He's not a priority in your life. He's not a priority in your life. Then you're, you're easily convinced. You're easily swayed. You don't care. Mm-hmm. And that was me. Okay. But when I want to go to church, I'll go to church. And when I don't, I don't. And so that was the relationship that that's what it was based on, just to give you that. Yeah. yeah. And so, okay, so now we're married, where we have a first our first kid. And even before I was pregnant, girls, oh my gosh. When I was pregnant, I went into a whole trauma experience because I, as soon as I got pregnant, it immediately triggered me. And took me back to my first child and mm-hmm. how the guy left me. You see what trauma does to people? Yeah. Like, even when you're like trying to forget about it and you're trying to go past it and you're trying to, I mean, you literally have buried it. It's like the enemy tries so hard and he will, okay, especially when you're in pursuit of the Lord, he will try any and everything to bring you back down. He'll drag you if you let him. And so I felt in that moment, obviously, because I was a little unwavering, <laughs> that he's, he basically said, he's, your husband's going to leave you. Your husband's going to leave you. You're doing this all over again. Don't you see it's a cycle? You're going to keep doing it over and over again. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I went into panic. 
And then I, I started like behaving weirdly because he would be like, why are you acting like that? And I'm like, you're going to leave anyway. Like I would say things like that. Yeah, but thanks for clarifying that. Because like when you said, like you said weirdly, and then it sounded like you gave him a lot of attitude. You started pushing him away. You started doing things that were like uncharacteristic in the sense of like, I'm going to put my walls up. And I think that's really important for the listeners to hear too, because what can feel like I, I inexplainable, like, or you feel completely justified in how you're behaving and how you're acting could very well be just the source of unresolved trauma. And that, and that was absolutely for me too. So I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> absolutely. When you have not healed, it just keeps, it's a cycle. And this is where the generational curses begin. You know, this is, this is all of that. And right. so it, I wasn't strong enough in my faith to even acknowledge that that's what it was because I, I could have easily rebuked it. I could have easily, you know, uh, um, said it was null and void. Like, this is not my portion. I could have easily said that, but I was not in that space. And so that was, that was the enemy literally tormenting me every second of the hour. And it was just like, I was acting as if I was single again, as if I was dating him and not married to him because there's a difference if I choose not to talk to you today and I'm dating you hey listen I'm not talking to you today but it doesn't work like that in your marriage and however people are doing that in their marriage today right and so I was just like no this is so weird and he came to me and he said hey listen okay I just want to let you know I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going nowhere. So get that out of your mind. I'm not going anywhere. This is our family. I've married you. I didn't marry you for your money. I didn't marry you for your possessions. I didn't marry anything. If you only came by yourself in your whatever, without clothing, I I would still take, like, I I just want you. That's it. I just want you. So, so were you making a lot of threats like get get out like if you don't want to be here then if you're not happy pack up I didn't say get out no? I think okay. my I think my silence and my unspoken words may have suggested that but- yeah because I was at one point outright with that I was like if you don't like this and you you knew who you married like bye like leave go ahead like you don't have to and my husband had to say the same same thing to me but I was just everyone knows my biggest problem is my mouth. So that was, I was like, <laughs> I can't listen. I got a response for everything. Yeah. You say something. I'm all, I'm already 10 steps ahead of you. I got the response already, but you know, yeah. God is working on me still. So he reassures you that he's staying and yes. So he reassures me and he's just like, you just need, I listen, I don't know what that person did to you, but I'm, I'm telling you, I can only speak for myself. Did, I'm not going anywhere. So just stop, <laughs> please just stop. Okay. And so I think that's what I really needed in order for me to like, give me some type of security that, okay, he's telling me that because at least the other person, they didn't, they didn't say anything. There was no notice. So he's saying that you are going to be okay. I'm going to be with you. Fast forward, baby's, uh, baby's born. I'm into my second child now. And which was my last child. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> And at 10 months old, um, Mason, my baby Mason, he had this cold and it was just ongoing. You know, babies, they just have these cold. And if they're underage, under two, it's like, you can't do nothing. You can't medicate them so much and blah, blah, blah. But it was just a lingering cough. It just never stopped. And I'm just, as moms, you know, you're just like, no, I'm going to keep going to the doctor. Somebody got to tell me something. And I go to the doctor and the doctor says, mom, it gets, you know, it's going to be a fine. He's fine, whatever. And then one day we had a party. We go to this party. It was my nephew's first birthday or whatever. And I was holding my child and he's just a happy go lucky type of baby. And like, he was just so lax and just like dazed and not here, here. And I just kept looking at him and my sister's looking at him and she's like, "Mm, if I were you, I'd take him to the hospital. And so I did took him to the hospital. And this doctor said to me, he said, what's wrong? I said, he's just not breathing right. He's, he's like having to, it's just heavy breathing and he's not breathing the way he should be breathing. And he's like, you know, it get worse before it gets better. I said, huh? Okay. So I go home that night 
And I laid down because every way that I put him on his crib, on the floor, or, um, on my bed, it just wasn't working for him. He was just uncomfortable. He's wheezing. And so I laid on the floor with him that night. And then and I said, um, gosh, he just looks really horrible. Like, it's almost like he's, I'm losing him. I get to the hospital quickly the next morning. And I told my husband, I'm, I'm going to the hospital. And he said, why don't you just listen to the doctor? I said, you can stay. I'm going. And I'll tell you what's going on after that. Your business, but I'm going. I get there and immediately you, I go to the registry. I'm filling out the paperwork. Had Mason on my shoulder. This nurse, 7 a.m. is coming out because she's clocked out. She's ready to go. She looks at Mason. She looks at me and she says, what's wrong with him? I say, he, he, he can't breathe. She says, come with me. She goes, mind you, she's leaving out the door to go home. She goes, takes me into the ER room, goes into the room, and all I saw was doctors, nurses, technicians, all of them flooding into this room of mine, okay? And even as I'm talking about it, ah, I try not to get teary-eyed, ah. but he was losing oxygen. He was losing oxygen and his face started turning blue, very pale. And so they were trying to stick him in order to get some IV in him, in order to get whatever. And he could, they couldn't find his veins. And so I was just like, stop sticking him. I don't know what to tell you. Just stop sticking him because he's over there saying, but he can't even talk now because he's losing oxygen. And all I can remember is this doctor come to me and said, your son will have to stay overnight. And I said, great, because I can't help him. But he said, You're, he's going to have to go to an intensive care unit. I said, I had to spell it out because he said, I see you. And I was like, wait, I intensive care. <gasps> That's critical. And so I go in. I can't think. I'm crying. I'm trying to hold him. I'm whatever. And I get into this room. And there's this new nurse. Just started. Probably 24 years old. Maybe 23. I don't know. But you know how they start writing on a board and they're just like, writing their names and their numbers and okay you'll be able to call me here I'm gonna be your knight blah 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 and she's looking at me saying that but she's also looking at Mason that I'm holding and she looks at Mason it was the same look that the nurse gave in the beginning that entered uh, that it ushered us in and she says he doesn't look okay I said you know we're here right <laughs> yeah she goes to the doctor. There was two doctors that were in this room. She goes to them and she says, um, I think he needs to go under now. First of all, if anybody knows, and y'all have, there's probably some nurses in here, the chain of command, you can't tell no doctor. But I'm sorry, I'm listening to that nurse all day. Like, <laughs> that's right, because she's story. really the that's one that's working. Yes, yes. Right, okay. right. But chain of command, to my understanding, Yes. He's the doctor. You're yeah. the nurse and right. you follow his orders. Right. But this girl was not budging. This girl said when they didn't hear her, she got even louder. This girl was probably like five, one shorter, tall, tall doctors. And she says, excuse me, he needs to go under now. Here I am. I don't know what under means. Can somebody speak to me? Yeah. They need to put him in a coma. Yeah, because yeah. he's losing so much oxygen that his lungs needs to rest. Other than that, he's gone. Wow. And so immediately the doctor looks at her and says, you know what? Um, You're right. <laughs> let's do that. Wow. He wow. goes on there. He kicked, they kicked me out. And when I tell you I was on his hospital floor, I didn't care who spat in it, spit, what blood was there, who vomited. I didn't care about nothing. And I kneeled to that in that hospital floor. And I said, God, if you are who you say you are, if you save my baby boy, oh. I will serve you for the rest of my life. And I will tell everyone I know about you if you save him. And if you can't, you take me but leave him. This boy spent three days in a coma. He woke up on the third day. <laughs> I don't know if y'all got that. He woke up on the day number three. Okay. And when he woke up, 
the doctors had already coached me and told me how he was not going to know who I was, that he was going to need some time. He may go through therapy, blah, 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 blah. I was prepared for that. But I was also waiting to see if the God who says he's God is true to his word. Mason woke up. Every wire, feeding tube, anything that was attached to him, Mason got up and took it off. He was 10 months old. He took everything off. He turned around, looked at me and said, mommy. Oh. <laughs> mommy. But from that day forward, y'all, it was on that day. This was back in November, 2017. I gave my life to Christ, rededicated my life to Christ. And that's when I knew he was a person. That's when I knew it took a relationship between me and him. And even when I denied him all those years ago, even when I denied him up until the day when I asked him to save my baby boy, even then, he didn't care about what I did back then. He said, finally, and he took me in. I got baptized February, 2018. And that's when my journey began with being in an unequally yoked marriage because now my eyes could see. I saw too much. I saw things that it just wowed me. Like literally God opened my eyes, them scales came off. And every sin you could possibly think of, I found in my husband. Okay, all right. What I, first of all, to go back, because I don't want people to miss this. And we talked about this even before we got on here was how many people determined their relationship with God based off of the imperfectness of religious churches, right? Like, because you had a bad experience with a church because you had a bad experience with some Sally who shamed you at church, right? Like similar. And then you decide like that's my relationship with God. No, those are people and people always mess up, right? Cause we are all imperfect. And so that's, I had to, I had to throw that in there because I think that's so important for people who have been burnt by the church and they've, they've turned away from God as a result, right? Like to recognize, like you had a religion, what you experienced your first, right? Like, would you say like that was religion and what you came to know is that spiritual relationship like every day and now, and now like we were talking about, it takes us a whole lifetime of learning and growing. You've turned on and realized, dang, my husband's got so many shortcomings. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So many shortcomings that I was just, I honestly didn't know how to deal with it. Wow. I didn't know how to deal with it because I thought that Okay, for the first time, I am willing to please God. For the first time, I'm willing to honor God. For the first time, I'm willing to be in obedience to God. But is it, am I in obedience if I'm with my husband? Because now the way I look at scripture, especially the one that everybody wants to comment us on and tell us we cannot be unequally yoked, you know? <laughs> it's like, that's what I was holding on to. But if I had just flipped the page, then I would have saw that Paul also talked about the mixed marriages. He also had something to say about the mixed marriages and that God in all his might, in all his sovereignty thought of us knowing that we are sinners by nature. There is nothing that we can do. We were born sinners and he knew that this would happen because if he did it, He is God. He is all knowing. It wouldn't have been in scripture. And so this is the one, this is what we skip, man. Listen, I love this verse y'all. And I want to share it with y'all because this has really been the staple of my existence in this season that I'm in with my husband. I started and it took a lot. Okay. I ain't going to lie to you. Like the Holy spirit ain't just knock on my door and say, Hey, uh, excuse me. You need to, you know, be with your husband and and not judge him and all that stuff. And I was just like, okay, Holy Spirit, I got you. No, it didn't go like that. Okay. 
But the one thing that he showed me, this is in Romans 5, man. Romans 5, verse 18. It's, it, I love this verse. It says, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. I am not who I was two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, the times where I was abandoned and rejected and, and, and felt unloved and felt unvalued. I'm not this person. When I decided to walk with Christ, when I said yes, like, and it was a for real yes, not no, not no lukewarm yes, not no culture Christians yes, like it was a yes, I want to follow you. He said, anybody, anybody who follows me, becomes new. Your old life is no longer, it's like, it's gone. It's gone. Like I was bad mouthing somebody the other day. I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying like, if you were bad mouthing somebody the other day, maybe your husband, you know, cursing him out. But today you're like, you know what? No, I'm not doing that. God, I, forgive me for doing that. I'm no longer doing that. Guess what? He forgives you. You can move on. Like you actually don't have to stay in sin. I'm just sitting back here, hands up. Preach, preach. We're going to church. We're prepared for it, but that's where we're going. <laughs> you don't have to. And I think that in order for us to even accept our husbands, here, yeah. here's the thing. In order for us to accept our husbands, we have to accept us. Because there are things in us. The only reason why you're bickering to your husband is because you see yourself in him. You are a reflection of him. If you didn't get anything else from this, which is already like one of the best interviews I've ever done already, by the way, Ruth, oh. if, if y'all listening to this did not get anything else, it's that right there. Like that's, that's so important because you're so right, right? Like what you can't stand within yourself, you will see in them. And, and I actually- I wanted to, I wanted to ask you because in that moment, when you were in that newly, like, okay, I found Christ and my husband's not a believer. See, this is, this was something that like, I definitely went through, right. Because my husband and I got married and I was under the impression that he was a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then he decided, no, you do your church thing. That's not for me. So for me, it was, oh my gosh, like, mm -hmm. I've been duped. I rug pulled out from underneath me. I'm now I'm like, for me, I was believing in that moment that I like our marriage was doomed. Our marriage was not meant to be like, mm -hmm. if I'm honest, right. Consciously, we're not aware of these things in those moments. Right. But I'm wondering for you, like what that, like what the, cause I feel like that's when as women, we get real hyper-focused on our men is when we start focusing in on, oh crap, like this means that we can't work if he doesn't believe what I believe. If he doesn't believe what I believe, then there's no way, right? Okay. So I'm wondering if you experienced some beliefs such as that. Absolutely, absolutely. In the beginning, you, you know how we now say, our, us seasoned Christians can look at somebody and we know like they are just new to the believer, <laughs> right? Oh, she knew, <laughs> she real knew. <laughs> The holier than thou, the yeah. uh, I'm I'm scripture, a Bible only, you know, you know that type of thing. Up on that, high I, I, right? Yeah. I will admit this was me because I honestly thought that this would be the only way for me to honor God. Like this was it. I needed to read my Bible. I needed to go to church. I needed to be in prayer. I needed to like it was. But see, this is what people do. We bring the religion back into our relationship with Christ, right? Like. He wants a relationship and we are like, oh, we're people. So let me figure out how to do this. And that's when religion steps back in. Right. And yes, exactly. But guess what? He changed that. Yeah. Holy spirit came in and I'm, I here, guys, let me tell y'all something. You see, you see, we are praying to God and, and that's great. We have to, but when Jesus, before he left, he said, I'm, I'm going to send y'all somebody. And this person is going to be the one to help you. He's, he didn't say help you with some things. He said that he would help you. He would guide you. He would counsel you. He would be with you. He would, he would take care of you. 
He sent us the Holy Spirit. And what I think we lack is that third trinity. We lack it and we don't use it. And then we get flustered and we get frustrated because we're asking for help and no one seems to understand us and no, he don't get it. My husband just don't get me. You, you have the Holy Spirit. He gets you. And then he breaks it down what you don't understand. The thing that you're wanting to convey to your husband, he, Holy Spirit actually breaks it down to you if you ask him. Because he's not an intruder. He ain't just going to come in shop and say, oh, yeah, by the way, what you did was. No, he ain't going to say that. You're going to say, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. I don't know what I'm doing. In fact, I can't stand my husband right now. He pisses me off. Every day he pisses me off. He leaves the toilet seat up. He does this. He doesn't take care of the kids. I'm the one that's suffering by myself. I have to go to the school all the time by myself. No one's representing us as a family. He's always at work. He's blah, blah. We have a million and 20 things that we are complaining about. But the person who can help us, who can aid us, who can um, help us with the burden, we don't ask for it. Him. He can help you. You know what I'm saying? So in that case, this is what I did. Like I, and of course I had a mentor and the mentor told me, cause in the beginning I was reading my Bible in the bed at night while he watching TV, I was just like this. And I got my little notes and he'd just be looking at me like, are you serious right now? Like, so, so, so what you, you married the church? You, 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 what, what is this, this new thing where you're just, all you do is just, what are you going to marry the pastor? Like just comments like that. And you know what? I used to get so frustrated and I would, how are you going to tell me blah, blah, blah. Don't tell me this. It's my belief. I do what I want just because you don't want to be like, I went in. Okay. And then I went and called my mentor and I said, do you know what, you know, he did to me and blah, blah, blah. I can't believe this. This is crazy. Like, how am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to do this? I can't do this. She says, why are you reading the Bible in your bedroom, in the bed with your husband? Do you know that you're supposed to submit to your husband? That means with everything, you think God is going to punish you because you didn't read your Bible that night? Instead of spending time with your husband. Instead of spending time with your husband. Like, is, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought I got that. <laughs> My in, bad. in that moment, you got to think about this. Uh, there's, oh, I'm going to forget the book, but there's a really good book out there for uh, unequally yoked marriages. And she said the same thing. She said that um, she'd be at the table, uh, journaling list, reading the Bible. And she made it a point to when her husband came into the room to close the Bible and pay attention to him. And here's, here's the tricky part about that. Because when you think about it, if we are, if we are leading by example, not superiority, judgment, and shame, which we don't want to ever be or show up as or have anyone treat us that way so if we are emulating the spirit of of christ in love we're meeting his needs and that is serving god whereas if we're depriving him of his needs because of our own focus that's not what he's asking that's totally misguided right yeah honor god and you're honoring your husband uh-huh. it's the only way to put it Uh You just fix your eyes on Jesus, right? You don't worry about what he got going on because ultimately you, you can't, what, what you going to do about his salvation? You need to be worried about your salvation, not his, because you can't do nothing. When Jesus comes back, you can't do nothing for him. So all this time that you spent wasted in, in channeling all this energy, trying to get him to go to church, trying to get him to read the word with you, trying to get him to pray with you when he tells you he don't want to pray. We got to switch it up. Yeah. And that's exactly what my mentor taught me. She said, first of all, if you feel like you're about to say something that it, you know you're going to regret later, make sure you have your glass. Until this day, I still have my glass of water. Like I get glass of water and I put it by my bedside. Because in the midst of you having something to say, hey, you thirsty, you might want to drink something. Okay. You might want to drink because then you need to just swallow God. your words. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have a bottle. I'm like, I'm, I'm putting that everywhere. 
That is such a good tool. Cause I teach my clients, I teach my clients to the timeout method. If you're, if you're in a spot where you get triggered, you get into your sympathetic nervous system, you can't logically have a good conversation. That's the time to let your husband know like, Hey, we can't talk anymore because I got to check me. Not mm-hmm. I'm trying to control the conversation, not any of that, but like, Hey, I'm going to say something that I'm probably not going to like later. Mm-hmm. And you're, it might hurt you. It might be destructive and it, and I need to check my emotions. I need to check in with me, but that glass of water technique is, Oh, that's, that is something so simple. And like, if it isn't just to take a pause, cause that's so much of what we need before, you know, mm-hmm. us, mouthy, us mouthy gals. <laughs> I can do that. I can do it very well. Hence why he puts, he puts me in this ministry. <laughs> Hence why. Cause I'm a talker. I can talk. We can have a conversation. I love people. I love people. I love listening to their sides. I love listening to them. I, cause it's, to me, it's like, man, God is just so creative. He's just so creative, you know? And so I, I adore that. I love it. But in, in that sense, also like I, I could be a mouthy, you know? So she says, if you know you're going to say something, because you could be heated in the moment, yeah, and yeah. what you say will probably destroy the, destroy it. Yeah. So she says, get your glass of water and drink. And I've been doing this for three years, drinking my water and minding my I mean, business. My business, Sarah James, right there. Yes. Drinking my water and minding my business because I had to, to just come to the realization that I am not. We are both too. Who's that? We are both two individuals. We are not the same. And what I also realized is that our encounters with God is different. I was messed up too. Yeah. I was lost. I was trampled. I was, I was everything. I was in this world, like hardcore in this world. And we ain't going to talk about it, but we can. Like I was out there. Yeah. And still God preserved me. And so I have to have that same light and that same wisdom, which is what the Holy Spirit gives us. You got to have wisdom in this game. You got to have wisdom in this marriage. Otherwise you will sink. If you are not in touch with the Holy Spirit, with God, that you are constantly in prayer for him to give you eyes and ears to see, give you, um, give you knowledge of the things that your husband doesn't even talk about things that bothers him things that he's wanting to say to you but can't say to you that would probably offend you but at least you're two steps ahead the only way that you're going to know this is in prayer the only way that you can connect is with the holy spirit when it comes to that before anything happens in your marriage it has already happened in the spiritual realm i want y'all to also understand this like not a lot of people are talking about it and i get it it gets scary blah 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 we're into revelations but like this thing is real okay like we can't stop we can't keep continuing to be these christians but like the christians that are just limited and don't want to see what god is really wanting he wants to expand us But the only way that he can expand us and that this marriage can actually fulfill his purpose, because we are on a mission, guys. You didn't get married just because you love him. No, there's a purpose. God designed this marriage for his benefit, not for yours. So even when on the days that you can't stand him, you still got to stick in it because you're not looking at him. You're looking at him. You feel me? And the purpose has yeah. to be, it has to be completed. We have to be on the same page. I'll use the oxen for an example, guys. The ox, the ox is known. These are the animals, obviously in the Bible, they're used quite often, but they're used because they're great workers. They're great workers and they work in pairs really, really well. They love to be side by side because they understand the goal. They understand the mission. And then they can actually help complement each other. If one is kind of tilting over, it picks it up and fix it. There's this device, the yoke that they put on them, usually on the front of the shoulder here. And then the, the, the horn. I love talking about this. So then it's like, even if the wind blows, they're still solid. Even if one decides, you know what, I'm a little tired, I'm going to rest a little bit, the other one can't move. When it's not yoked unequally, if it's unequally yoked, then you have one that's going that way 
and you have one that's going this way, how y'all gonna accomplish the mission? Now, these are for my single folks. I get so many DMs, so many. What's your advice on, I'm wanting to date someone that's not a believer. Why? You're a Christian. If you are a true follower of Christ, that shouldn't even be in your thought process because you understand the goal. You understand God's mission. So it doesn't lead you to do the things that he's telling you not to do and not be obedient. That, that's because uh, the power of loneliness mis misguides us, right? It's a killer. Yeah. It's a killer. And you're lonely because you're not first fulfilled by God anyways. Period. Yeah. And that goes into a whole rabbit hole. We and that's to... real. And I want to say that real quick because that, that sounded way superior coming from a married woman, right? But like, yeah, I 100% get it, right? Like on some level, I even knew before my husband and I got married, I got stopped by the florist as I was planning our wedding. And she looked at me and said, oh, oh, it was a family friend. And she's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Does he love Jesus? And she asked me just like that. I still get chills just thinking about it because I was like, yeah. And in my heart, I knew, like I knew. And then I wanted to be like the victim after we got married. Like you told me, like, right? You lied to me, right? But it's like, I knew, I'm not stupid. You know their you actions. Do you resent him for that? Oh, for years I did. Absolutely. I mean, that was a huge part of why the first few years of our marriage was so hard because not only, not only did I resent him for it, I also gave myself permission to talk to him poorly and not respect him because of it. Right. Like I got, well, you told me this and you lied to me and you knew what I wanted and you knew everything that I wanted to be. Right. And you know what, actually God really, really did open my eyes to the fact of, um, it, when it came, when it came down to me realizing my husband's part in this and that he did say he wanted to go to church with me, he did say all of these things. So that is his wrong. That is his wrongdoing right now. I could hate him for that. Or I could realize that he truly, he really loved me. And he really, I believe wholeheartedly that he truly wanted to be what I wanted him to be so that he could be with me. Cause I, I will tell you right now, if he would have came to me wholeheartedly before we got married and told me flat out, I'm not a believer and I can't be this for you. It wouldn't have happened. Absolutely. And he knew that. And so, okay, well, we're married now to your point, right? Like now what? Now so what? do I, do I just say, Oh, no, sorry. Like now we're, now we're over. Do I spend my whole marriage resenting him and hating him for not being the man I want him to be? Or do I center in my focus on what God's purpose is for me as a woman? You got choice. We have choices. These yeah. are choices. And, and everyone listening, whether you know it or not, you're making that choice. Whether you're intentionally saying, yes, I'm going to live according to God's purpose and plan for my own intentional design here on this planet, or I'm going to spend all my time bitching and nagging and complaining with my husband that he's not who I want him to be. That is a choice either way. It's yeah. always a choice because God gives you free will, free will, always a choice, always a choice. But yeah, I just really had to just, I, I, I had a come to Jesus moment honestly. And I said to myself, just like you did, you have a choice. You can either resent him for the rest of your life, bicker all your life, uh, 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 and watch the kids see you miserable, or you can change it because even in scripture, it says that everything, everything will turn for you, for the good of those who love the Lord. So that means if I love the Lord, everything, including my marriage, including my finances, including my children, including every facets of my life, I really started just living the scripture. I'm no longer just reading it and just saying, okay, cool, I'm done. That was my dose of the day. I'm literally inhaling and I'm breathing in what the Lord is saying to me and applying it to my life and in my marriage. The moment you decide to do these things, I'm telling you, everything changes. Yep. Everything changes. Everything that you thought or was once 
talking badly about your husband, it changes. Now all you see is, is how can you serve him better? How can, how, like, what can I do for you? Like, it's, it's one of those things that the way you look at God is the way I look at my husband. The way I want to see God is the way that I look at my husband now. Things have changed. I don't want to see my husband in this light because it, it causes you anger. It causes you to like not want him. You're not attracted to him. You don't want to have sex with him. You don't want certain things that you won't do, but this is all the enemy's plan. And that's another thing too. We must understand who the enemy is just as much as we understand who God is because the, the devil is real. He is so real and he is so uh, uh, vibrant and so like in our faces, right? And in our marriages, but we have to decree and declare straight truth, straight scripture all up and down our husbands because he's the one that, I mean, they're the, the enemy is targeting him. Yeah. He, he knows he can't touch me. Mm-hmm. We're living under two different authorities. So you, I'm, people are looking like you're like, dang, you basically sleeping with the enemy, <laughs> but God rules. Yeah. God will reign always. He has already won. So yeah. for me, it's like, I don't see my husband as this devil worshiper. I see him as he is a child of God. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But he is a child of God. Now, the only thing I can do is pray for his salvation. But let me tell you something. When that horn rings, that that last one, the seventh one, hey, sir, you on your own. I got to go. <laughs> I did my job. That's all I want to know. I want to know when God comes and he says, hey, okay, you did what you had. I saw you. I saw you. You, you, you bit your tongue a couple of times. I like that. I like that. You did what you had to do. And that's all I want. That's all I care about now. Yeah. Before it was different, but now. Yeah. You know what? And whether, and whether you're like, I love, I love what you just said in the sense of, because no matter if I'm working with a believer or a non-believer at the end of the day, what matters most is how you showed up because at the end of the day, when my husband and I were at our worst, the most important thing was I was acting in a way that I didn't want to act that I didn't feel aligned with my character who I was, and definitely because I am a believer who God designed me to be right at the end of the day, that's it. And so when women, this is for the women out there who are, who are saying that the complaining about their husbands and saying like, he's not who I want him to be. He's all he, 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 all of this stuff. Right. It's like, this is exactly what you alluded to earlier on in the conversation was actually, how are you, how are you showing up? in your day to day. And if you're showing up differently because of how your husband is and believing you're a victim, you've assigned yourself that victim role and you're not giving yourself the empowerment and freedom to be who you want to be every day, regardless of how he's showing up. That's freedom. That's empowerment. And I don't care what you believe or say, if you want a marriage to work, that is how a healthy marriage works. You have to be good for you first, right? Mm -hmm. You check your heart first, first, and then you let God do his job because you're not the Holy Spirit. I was, I, I thought I was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we, we all go through moments like that. <laughs> I thought I was the Holy Spirit, but no, ultimately, man, I, I feel like God has called us in this unique, and I, I am so honored, y'all, really. I am honored that God chose me to be in a situation like this. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm just so honored because it gives me, it stretches me. Yeah. Who wants to be in a space where you just feel like you're content, you know, all the time with just doing the routine things. Like just, it's just the same old thing every day. I promise you, my husband just gives me a new, fresh something every single day <laughs> that I can Brilliant. go back into my prayer room and say, Lord, <laughs> what about this one? I, I got a, I got a reminder on my walk the other day. I go on my morning walks. That's how I get my mind right. And God speaks to me. And usually I listen to a sermon or worship or some good positive podcast. And that day I was like, I need to talk to God. And I was complaining about my husband 
And I was saying, you know, like, Hey, I do this, I do that. And what do you want from me? And, and on and on and on. Right. And I just got tired. I only walked a mile that day and I was exhausted. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like what's going on. And I stopped and I swear I heard, I heard it clear Mm -hmm. as day. I stopped and I, and I heard be still. Mm. (sighs) And I, and I just, and I just sat and I just was like, and I did, I, I sat right there and I heard, don't punish him. Mm. Because and I don't, I don't think I talk enough about the fact that my husband and I still struggle to this day. It's not like we had our worst and we separated and now we're like, you know, we're just walking on clouds and we're that perfect little Facebook couple. Like, no, like, just like you're saying, I have to battle these demons every single day, every single day. And when I slip, when I start letting myself go, when I start focusing in on my business or my kids or what I want over what God wants for me, I still have days where I shoot my mouth off. I still have those days. And in that moment, I just stopped and I was like, oh my gosh, like I am, I am like I, my pissy resentful attitude came back and I was complaining and whining all over again. And I'm like, I need to be still. And I need to know that that's not my job, right? That's God. That's up to God. Vengeance is his. Not that he needs vengeance on my husband, but it's not my job, right? Like, that's it. I had to share that because that happened like three weeks ago. And I was like, that's just, people need to hear that. Like, hey, it's not, it's not ever perfect. No, it's, it's never perfect. You have to continuously work on yourself. Personal growth in itself, even as even if you're not Christian, like just personal growth, there has to, you, you are always going to grow or you need to always want to grow. Um, and and, and in your personal walk with whatever you're, you, you, you want. And I, I really just, I knew that the person I was before was horrible. Okay. And I thank God that he has changed me, but still changing because it's, it's a never ending. It's never ending. He's always going to want to expand you to newer heights that will require more discipline. And here's another thing that we don't want to do. We don't want to be disciplined. We don't want discipline. We don't want correction. We just want to walk this earth and just be okay. Yes. I serve God. I love God, but, uh, I got to do this real quick because he got on my nerves. Like, you know, it's just stuff like that. Like we really have to just hone in on what it truly means to be a follower of Christ and what our position is as wives. We're getting so confused with the roles, even the roles they're, they're, you're losing focus. You're losing focus on what a man is supposed to do and what a woman is supposed to do, regardless of who does what, regardless of how much money, how much more money you make and blah, blah, blah. We're in a culture like canceled culture that I don't have to deal with your crap. I got money. I could just go buy me a condo and I can move the kids and blah. Like everything is just so like this and we lose track of who God is and what the purpose is. I don't want that for my marriage. And I'm going to fight every single day, even if I have to be on my knees 24 seven, I'd rather not, but guess what? We don't, there's a lot of things that I'd rather not do, but you still got to do it. This is what discipline is in, as a follower of Christ. We don't want to pray all the time, but we got to pray. We don't want to glorify his name and go to church, but we got to, because this is the only way that we can stay in his protection. One, But secondly, in order for, you know, my husband to see my lifestyle as this Christian that I am recruiting him in a sense to come into, like my fruits need, my fruits are my resume. Yeah. Who the heck wants to be with somebody that's unrighteous and you want me to follow your God? Like you're cursing me out. You're out partying with your friends. You don't take care of your household. Our finances are everywhere. You don't want to talk about the budget. Like, I'm about to follow you to do what? Unequally yoked. You can certainly thrive if you are married. You can thrive. It takes you just saying, I am committed. I want to do this. I honor God. I honor my husband. I honor my children. And there's something that there's, there's a, there's a, there's a reward 
There's a reward at the end. It's not no gold trophy. You're not going to get this whole, you know, uh, 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 shooting star with your name on it or anything like that. But in heaven, I want to be, I want to be recognized. I want to be recognized. Oh, we could end it on that right there. That was so beautiful. That was, uh, we, we went over, but I am 100% okay with that because I feel like you and I could probably talk all day. (laughs) We could talk all day and we must. (laughs) Uh, But uh, now they need to know where to find you and where to follow you. Absolutely. They can keep all of this going. True. So you will find me. I'm, I love social media, by the way, but you will find me on um, all my social media platforms. I have Facebook and Instagram, um, not so much on TikTok, but all of them are. I am Ruth Joseph. Um, you'll find me there. I actually have this 52 day gratitude channel um, journaling challenge that I'm doing. I do it twice a year. Love this it. has also shaped the way I am, okay, in making sure that gratitude is a part of my lifestyle. And so we've got over 30 women right now in this face group um, that is dedicated to writing in their journals every single day for the next 52 days. Thank God for the good news. Um, And then we're just doing little scriptures and stuff like that. But it's amazing. Hopefully that you guys can join on the next one. Um, I'm also um, co-founder of this group called Faithful Wives. You can find us on the clubhouse every Monday at 9 p.m. And this is just a place where we share our past and our future uh, situations <laughs> in our marriages, but just to encourage and to let you know that you are not alone. Like we're all battling this demon, whatever it is that's trying to come for our marriage. And I think that community, which is why God talks about it so much, is it's so important for us to unite and be together. You ever wonder how all these witches and what they do, they surround themselves in circles and they do all of these ambiances and this circle and singing all this crap. Why can't we do that? <laughs> this is what I mean, because he says to where two or more are gathered, like things happen. We can shake this earth. Like I sometimes just be wishing like we can embrace the circle. This is us. Like I want to be so close to y'all. Like I can feel you because we're all one body. And anyway, so that was that. So face, face yeah, Facebook. You can get me on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm on Clubhouse. Ah. Uh absolutely loved this interview Ruth thank you so much for making time and um yeah I'm I don't know about you guys but I'm speechless because that was just that was epic like epic thank you so much thank you for having me uh all right I guess we will end this right here thanks again bye guys Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. I know in such a busy world right now that there are so many things pulling at your time and vying for your attention. So the fact that you're willing to spend it with me is truly an honor. And for those of you who are wondering how you can get involved with me and get more of my content, please feel free to join my free Facebook community at Marriage Empowered. You can also follow me at Instagram at Marriage Empowered. And if you'd like to book your free consultation call, you'd like more information on how I might be able to help you in your life or marriage, and you'd like to know more about that information, feel free to book your first free consultation call with me by going to my Facebook business page at Katie May Coaching LLC. And of course, you can always hit me up on the DMs. Thanks again so much for tuning in, you guys. And all of this information is also located in the show notes. Have a fantastic rest of your day and I hope to see you back here soon.